as soon as I open it, roaches. To where when I walk in the house, <laughs> did you scream? Hold. <laughs> Welcome back to Econics Talks, guys. When I pop up, everybody gonna be like, man, overnight success. Lifestyle topics, entrepreneurship, and investing. Are you serious about this? Because if you are, then I'm willing to back the business. We want to inform you, educate you, and empower you so that you can maximize your life. Let's get started. Hey, it's Josh. Thanks so much for listening to Econics Talks. Whether you're brand new to the show and to me, or if you've been listening since the very beginning, as you know, managing a podcast takes a ton of time when you're independent. If you've enjoyed the show, whether it's just an episode or many and want to support, you can buy me a coffee. This will help cover expenses and make it just a little easier so I can continue to give you guys the best content possible. Click the link in the show notes or description that says support if you'd like to contribute. And again, thank you guys for listening. Now on to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Econics Talks. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Guys, I am super excited about today's episode. Um, of course, it is NFT, so I'm, I'm super, super geeked about it. So I'm, I'm really ready to get into these details. So I'm going to just jump right on in. So first thing we want to talk about is, is what is an NFT? So let me, let me just break down a couple of statistics for you just to kind of show you why this market is so valuable um and just what gives it its value so first things first just basic things about nfts um why they're important first of all the reason why people buy gold the reason why people buy you know stocks is because we as people give it value so you know to the people out there saying well this is stupid i don't understand it um this will die out in a couple of years well the reason why people again buy gold is because they value it so there are millions of people across the world who value art and who value this 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 new marketplace um, and this new technology. So um, just first things first, man, uh, last year in 2021, nearly $41 billion worth of crypto was spent on NFT marketplaces. That's crazy. The most valuable NFT is worth more than $91 million. Um, the first NFT actually came out in 2014. So NFTs have been around, but they are just now starting to take off. Over 50% of all NFT sales are actually below $200. Um, that's actually surprising because every time you look on, on the news, you just see um, these different art pieces going for millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars. As far as the demographics, 23% of millennials in the United States, they collect NFTs. Also men, men are three times more likely than women to be collectors of NFTs. This is very interesting. I've actually seen a couple of projects um, <laughs> that are actually founded by women, and they're pretty comical, but um, women are definitely carving out their space. So I definitely want to give women their kudos on that. Um, the top five biggest countries of NFT adoption are in, guess what? Not the US, but they're in Asia. Um, NFTs are huge, huge, huge over there. So as you can see, the marketplace for NFTs is, is definitely there. And it's there on a global scale. So you don't want to underestimate the value, especially, especially when you know these marketplaces are being validated by um, business owners and um, investors. And you know, there are so many people entering these market marketplaces now. So what actually is, is an NFT? 
An NFT is a one-of-a-kind digital file. So that means it can come in the form of a photograph, it can come in the form of digital artwork, and even music. And we're going to break down you know, different types of projects as well in a few minutes. But NFTs, they're records on the blockchain that store information about each individual file. So let's say you have a project of 500. Each one of those individual NFTs will have specific information. So let's say you click on it. It, you'll see information about you know who created it. You'll see who the current owner is, and you'll even see the purchase history. So you go on an NFT, and then you look at you know where or how much you can track the price of it. You know it was initially bought for you know $150, and now it's being resold you know a year later for $5,000. So you can see the increase in value. Computers are the ones that validate the transactions and because no one entity owns the blockchain it makes it extremely difficult to, to to hack so let me repeat that so computers validate the transactions so when you actually purchase an nft there's somebody behind that computer and we'll cover that later on in the podcast but when these computers validate the uh, transactions like i said because no one entity owns the ledger um, on the blockchain, it, it just it's extremely difficult to hack. It's not 100% foolproof, but it does make it a lot easier and more safe for people to, to purchase. Now, what types of projects are um, these NFTs you know, going into and how do they make money? So just an overarching theme of, of NFTs, you have collectible items like trading cards, you have artwork, you have um, event tickets, music, um, gaming, big sports moments, virtual fashion, real world assets, domain names. So I want to break down a few of them and just to show you why or how people are making money off of this. Um, so first is trading cards. So think of trading cards like, you know, if you've ever, ever traded a Pokemon card or if you ever had a sports card. When you look at those individual cards, they have different traits. So let's say you got a Michael Jordan card, but it was like gold plated. And that that specific card was worth like $10,000 because of the scarcity and how many cards are out there for people to purchase. So think of think of the digital art in the same way. It's just the, the place where people trade these is just all online. So that's one example. So the unique traits on each of these sports cards drives the value of the NFT. So think scarcity. So if there's you know one Charizard Pokemon card and you have 300 Bulbasaur cards, obviously the one for Charizard is going to be worth more. Shout out to my Pokemon fans. Um, <laughs> next, like artwork. So think about the Mona Lisa. There's only a one of one Mona Lisa. There's only one Mona Lisa in the world. And as I just explained, because each NFT is validated on the blockchain, that's how it's determined. That's how you can identify it as its own individual standalone NFT. So you have projects that may release 500, some release 1,000, but then let's say you have a major artist or a huge artist and they only want to do one piece. Well, you can also do one of one pieces as well. Also, event tickets. So event tickets are starting to come up. This is a newer one. You can actually purchase the NFT and it'll get you access to an event. It's very, very simple, very basic. Music. As you, as you guys have seen, there are a lot of artists that are starting to release their music 
as NFTs. Cool thing about that for artists is that you can limit the amount of, I guess the um, the amount of buys people can have. So let's let's talk about this at scale. Let's say somebody like Beyonce dropped the album tomorrow, and she dropped it as an NFT, and she only made it accessible to let's say five hundred thousand people. Or you know, let's make the number small smaller. Let's say a hundred thousand people can only have access to that to her album. Well, the cool thing about NFTs are, one, she she made her album super scarce, which automatically is going to drive up the value. On the back end, every time somebody resells her album, she's going to receive royalties from each resale. So that's one of the cool things about you know artists and, and utilizing the NFT space to sell and push their their music. Gaming, gaming is such a huge. When I guys, when I tell you this is big, gaming is extremely big. So. With gaming NFTs or game, you know, games that you buy NFTs for, um, the NFT gives you access to the game. So think of it like this: Let's say you buy an NFT that they verify that specific NFT, and then you get access. The cool thing about it is, with some of them, um, the different characters you purchase, some of them allow you to play those actual characters in the game. So one of the biggest, you know, I guess talking points about gaming NFTs is that they have they've created like PTE they call it PTE play to earn so for for people who are seriously into gaming and seriously in the NFT space you can actually earn money by playing games on NFTs so one of the cool games that I've seen out there is there's um <laughs> actually very creative somebody created fantasy football for NFTs and how it works is They'll have, of course, you got copyrights and stuff, so y'all be careful with that. But they'll have um, these makeshift teams that mimic, you know, let's say uh, the Bucks, and they'll have the Bucks colors. And then what they do is you can buy a wide receiver uh, NFT. You can buy the quarterback NFT. Now, the cool thing about it is whoever's playing that Sunday in that slot and starting, that's how they determine um, the fantasy score. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Another another big one that's you know made a lot of splash in the NFT space are sports moments. So if you guys have heard of NBA Top Shop, so NBA Top Shop dropped sometime last year. The NBA is super progressive and they really wanted to get a, get on top of this. So what they did was they dropped NBA Top Shop and now I just checked the the, um, the volume today. Volume what that means is it's very simple. How much money is going into this specific market today? And on today. Um, the volume for NBA Top Shop was five hundred and forty thousand dollars just today alone. So if you if you um, increase that at scale, that's that's a lot of money being spent in one marketplace on one day. Now you also have real world assets. So earlier this year, actually last year, Tampa was on one of the first places to sell an actual home as an NFT. I'm not actually sure on all the details about it. Um, I'd have to like actually do a deeper dive onto it, but it is possible. But from my thought process and, and, and what I know about NFTs, you'd have to find a buyer to be able to purchase the NFT, but it can be done. So that's pretty cool. You can actually add real world assets, which we'll talk about in a second, um, to these NFTs. And you know, just to talk a little bit more about the, the projects themselves, as as NFTs obviously made a huge splash last year, um, one of the things that that kind of killed not killed the marketplace, but creators had to get creative. And so what they started to do because a lot of these projects started to become very redundant. 
So they add what they call in the NFT space is called a utility. Um, and a utility is essentially something that's physical that goes along with your NFT purchase. So for example, um, look at the Domino project that, that Econics is, is um, running. So when anybody purchases an NFT domino, a Domino NFT, they'll get a physical resin Domino sent to them. Um, other, other projects may send out merch like t-shirts if you purchase. Some will give you access to, again, events. That's also looked at as, at, as a utility. Um, games, when you purchase an NFT, you get access to a game. The game itself is considered a utility. So there are a bunch of different ways to, to really look at NFTs and, and to really you know get creative in these spaces. There's so much out there. Now, where can you actually buy um, these NFTs. So I want to talk about some of the marketplaces that you can go into. So as far as marketplaces, the biggest and most popular marketplace is called OpenSea. OpenSea wants to be the Amazon of NFTs. And they also have an app and they're just, they're, they're really huge, man. They have a lot of money behind them. So obviously their stuff and their technology is the most fluid. Now, what blockchains do they support? Just today, y'all, which is super cool, man, um, because Domino, and I'm, I'm going to just be real with y'all. I'm going to plug Domino every chance I can get just because that's our project here. But Domino is listed on the Solana blockchain, and I just found out today that um, OpenSea announced that they will now be supporting the Solana blockchain, which is amazing for us because it just makes it a lot easier for customers to purchase. Um, their main blockchain that they support is Ethereum. And then they have another smaller blockchain that acts as a conduit to make it cheaper for gas fees, which we'll, we'll discuss in another second. Um, but it's called Polygon. So you definitely have different options, you know, as far as OpenSea is concerned. Um, the other, the second most popular uh, marketplace is called Rarible. And Rarible itself has an app and it also supports a couple of blockchains. Now you have Tezos, you have Ethereum, you also have Flow. So I'll talk about blockchains in a second, so don't get too confused about that. But it's just pretty much the technology that goes into it. Solsi. Solsi is actually on the Solana blockchain, only Solana, and it's open to anyone. Um, and that's just a, one of the marketplaces for, for there. Um, one of the biggest marketplaces that competes with OpenSea on the Solana blockchain is called Magic Eden. So Magic Eden houses the majority of resales on the Solana blockchain, which is pretty dope. Now, when they talk about blockchains, what do they mean specifically about blockchains? All right, so let's talk about Ethereum first. So when we break down different blockchains and, and why someone would purchase um, on this project that's listed on Ethereum's blockchain as opposed to Solana. Now, the main difference is based on transaction speeds. So, for example, Ethereum, because their blockchain technology came out first, their technology is a little bit more outdated. So they process transactions a lot slower than, than, a, than a marketplace like Solana. When Solana came on the scene, a lot of creators needed to um, you know, make it easier for their customers to not have to just spend enormous amounts of money on gas fees. And, and that's when, that's how Solana pretty much got its start. And, and it just had an influx in their marketplace. So Ethereum's trying to do whatever it can with technology to try to catch up because Solana, Solana can just, it's basic, man. It just processes transactions faster, which means gas fees are, are lower. Um, and what gas fees are, I'll break down what those are because I want to intertwine the two so you understand what you're purchasing and why these things matter to, to you as a buyer or if you want to even create your own project. 
Now check this, gas fees, gas fees are a reward given to people who put transactions on the blockchain. So remember earlier when I mentioned that you know each transaction is verified or validated by a computer, well, if it's validated by a computer, it has to be managed by a person. Well, that person, again, is given a reward and they, they have to solve some super complicated math problem, but they do it in seconds. Uh, guys, I'm not a genius, but that's how this works. Um, <laughs> so what, they're, what they do is essentially you're paying for them to solve that, that problem and put that um, NFT on the blockchain. So think of it like a transaction fee. So when you're um, buying something from Amazon and you have taxes, you have fees, but then you have Amazon that takes its own fee as well. So think of it like a fee like that. Now, the reason why gas fees are such a huge talking point is because gas fees fluctuate and it depends on the amount of transactions on the blockchain. So what that means in, in, in layman's terms is if Ethereum or OpenSea, which you know I just explained that OpenSea has the biggest marketplace, well, Ethereum um, is the biggest blockchain on OpenSea, which means if, if there's an influx in customers, it's going to slow down those transaction speeds. Therefore, you're going to pay more in gas fees. Well, because Solana can just basically process those transactions um, much faster, that pushes down the transaction fees or the gas fees. So and when I give you a real world example, so... I was trying to purchase an NFT, or actually I was trying to list an NFT on OpenSea's website when I first got started. Well, because of the the because the, the blockchain itself was just so congested, I would have had to pay $80 per NFT I listed. Now, I'm going to repeat that, $80 per NFT. So think about some of these projects that release 10,000 NFTs. Well, they have to pay just to list each NFT. So... When you look at your customers, well, they suffer as well because the customers have to incur those fees as well. They got to pay uh, gas fees to purchase it or mint an NFT. Now, when Solana came along, Solana obviously lowered those gas fees. So now I believe I pay about, and again, this fluctuates and there's websites out there that you can track it, but I believe I pay around a dollar and some change to list um, each NFT. So think about that, you know, $80 versus one. And then your customer, um, they don't have to, they don't have to spend as much money. So think if you're selling an NFT for $50 and the gas fees are 80, now you just pushed up your price and you outsource outpriced your market that you're trying to go for. So gas fees, like I said, have been a huge talking point, but as far as NFTs in general, that's that's essentially what they are. I don't want to overcomplicate the topic. Um, we can definitely take a deeper dive at a later date, but um, as far as the basic premise around NFTs, it's just digital art, guys. It's not overcomplicated, man. Um, and I also want to say this before we before we end this episode. People who want to start an NFT project understand if you want to start an NFT project, you have to be you have to run it like a real business. It's not something that you just create some art or some music and you throw it up there and people buy it. That's not how this goes. Um, there's still, you know, marketing that you have to do. You still have to have to educate yourself. You have to educate your customers. You have to be constantly reading because technology changes so fast in this in this space. And and even with OpenSea announcing that. You know, they're supporting Solana today, six months ago, hell, three months ago, December, that didn't even, that wasn't even a thing. Um, and so now, because they've lost so much market share, 
they're trying to catch up and they're trying to compete. Um, even though they have the most, they still want to remain dominant in this space. So, and that's that's pretty much it about NFTs, guys. So I'm, I'm going to be dropping updates here and there, um, obviously about you know the project and, and different different projects that I find interesting and. We're going to start talking about decentralized networks and just other things that that are pretty cool in that space. So if you have some topics that you want to want me to go over, let me know and I'll knock them out for you. And on that note, guys, I want you to like, share and subscribe. If you if you've enjoyed this, y'all share it with somebody that you know that can benefit from this information. And as always, guys, thank you so much for supporting the podcast and have a good one. Peace. Thank you.